up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I created a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. And somebody that's helped me along the course of my journey is Mr. Clint Harwick, who is the founder and creator of Body of Youth. When I started Thrive on Life, he's one of the accounts that initially attracted me. And we just started chatting all from the get-go. So kind of seeing his account grow over the years and the things that he's done has been super inspiring to me and motivating to me. And I'd love to kind of pick his brain today on what does it mean to have a body of youth? He's such a high vibe person. And during this time of quarantine and all this craziness in the world, definitely could use some of his energy. So we're going to kick it off real quick though, because Clint loves to surf. Uh, he lives out in California on the beach of California and fish, surf, do all the good things. And I recently just saw that there was a shark attack in Santa Cruz, California, and someone actually died. So my first question for Clint is, dude, have you ever seen a shark when you're out surfing? Oh my gosh. I knew that was going to be your first question. <laughs> um, actually, I've ran into one shark in Costa Rica because I went down there with a surfing trip with me and a few buddies. We ran into one shark down there. Um, but most of the time I'll run into either big hammerheads or makos uh, out fishing. So you won't see them as much on the coast, but they are out there. But just like anything, it's like if you're going into their habitat, you just need to respect the waters and uh, most of the time everything will be all right, you know? Yeah, you just got to give yourself up to the waves and, and <laughs> go with it, right? Totally. <laughs> I've never got into serving because I, I, won't, I won't lie, it does kind of scare me a little bit. Um, so I give you so much respect for going out there. How often do you typically go out? Oh, like uh, probably after we get off this podcast, I'll probably dip my toes in the water for a little hour and a half session. But most of the time, if I'm not hitting like an exercise program or doing like a run or if the swell's down, I will usually be in the water. So trying to go at least three or four times a week, that's just kind of like my start of my day. It's, it's the area where I find kind of a little bit of mental clarity and I get to see a few friends before my day really starts and begins. And like I said, I'm a morning person. So we're doing this podcast early right now. And for me, I'm like two hours in already. <laughs> yeah. So I, I reached out to Clint and I was like, yeah, you want to hop on this podcast? And he's the first person that actually said to me, like the earlier, the better. So it's 6.30 his time, 8.30 my time. So he's hopping on super early and he was already up by five. So give us a little rundown, like why do you think you're a morning person? Like, is it suitable for your career? Or have you always been like that? That's a great question. I, I, and I think we were talking about it yesterday together. I know he gave you guys the whole rundown of who inspires who, but we've been following each other for a long time and have been talking a long time. And I definitely pick CJ's brain a lot. And one of the biggest things we were talking about yesterday was in correspondence with whatever kind of floats your boat as either an entrepreneur or a business person or someone who's just kind of going through life. I'm a morning person. I've always been a morning person. It's just kind of how it's always been. And I want to respect that. I know at 9 PM, you will not get one thing out of me, you know, where some people are just starting to like fill up the reins at 9 PM. And that's when all their creativity comes out for myself. I've just always woken up at like 5 36 AM I kind of rise with the sun and I go to bed when the sun's down. It's just like I've grown up that way. My mom growing up always kicked me out of the house right when the sun came up and said, all right, don't come back in the house until the sun goes down. So I've 
been programmed that way my whole life where I have friends just like you. Um, I have friends that get creative. Uh, you were telling me this yesterday, but get creative around like seven, 8 PM and they get like a new breath of fresh air. And that's when they feel like they have their most creative energy. Just for me, my creative juices flow best at like seven, eight, nine AM for some reason. So I like to respect that and everyone's got their own thing, you know? So. Hell yeah. And you're, you're already bringing the energy early in the morning right now, but let's, let's kick it into, so you're mentioning your mom, where did you grow up? I remember as a kid, it hits home. Don't come home until the streetlights are on. <laughs> um, so that was our whole sign. Cause you don't have cell phones and you can't really tell when you should be home, but it was one of the, the things in the neighborhood. Once the streetlights were on, it's time to come home and eat dinner. So where, where was that for you? Where'd you grow up at? Dude, great question. I'm actually a hybrid of two very drastic areas. I grew up part of my life in the mountains and this was full steam mountains, like living on the lake, massive trails everywhere, snowboarding, snow six, seven, eight months out of the year in California. And then the other half of my life was living at the beach. So you want to talk about two drastic <laughs> different environments. That was awesome. But that really got me to be like this hybrid and understanding both worlds of like what it feels like to be in the mountain landscape and understanding what it truly means to be in like this nature filled environment. And then obviously the ocean too. So like I vacationed all the time growing up at the beach, but I didn't live there. I lived up in the mountains and uh, in the hills area. And then as a we got older, we moved actually to the beach. And then that's when now I've lived full time at the beach and I vacationed in the mountains. So it's like, I've had this very interesting upbringing where I've had both environments. Um, and I think it's helped me quite a bit actually. And for the listeners, where are you residing right now? Yeah, great question. I live in Huntington Beach, California. So that's where I've lived for the last five years. And before that I lived in San Diego um, and just kind of been scooting around too. And what, so, I mean, Aaron and I want to move to San Diego. So why'd you choose Huntington beach? Cause I want to get out to Cali. I miss, I snowboarded my entire childhood. And ever since I moved to Texas, I haven't snowboarded once. So it's been a huge drought and I'm, yeah. I'm really missing it. So I got to come out there and visit, but why did you choose Huntington beach over all the other towns? Dude, that's a great question. The thing that I always like to encourage people, like when they're looking at moving to San Diego, right? Everyone knows San Diego is like the hub of kind of beach cities. I mean, Huntington Beach is known as the surf mecca, but long story short, San Diego has some great opportunities. Don't get me wrong. But for myself, I wanted to be in between and like an hour in between each sides. If I want to go down to San Diego, it's only going to take me like an hour, hour and 15 minutes. If I want to go into LA, it only is going to take me 45 minutes to an hour so that's really why I liked Orange County so much was it's in between both of those areas and it has a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth. And there's always people kind of pushing the boundaries within their own businesses and friendships and all that. And it was always just a really good environment for us to start a family in. And where San Diego, I felt at times when I lived down there, you're kind of separated it's its like own entity down there, which is great. A lot of people want that. It's a little bit slower pace. But uh, with San Diego in general, you kind of are your own little inlet down there and you don't really have the opportunity to kind of come up towards LA or Orange County as 
frequently. The drive's longer to LA. Now you're looking at like a two, two and a half hour drive. So being in Orange County, you kind of fit both molds and you're kind of in the Mecca of everything else. So that's why it was like kind of perfect for us to be in this environment. So basically you're just hacking the system. I love it. And that's, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I love Austin is because, I mean, we can't really drive that many places because you don't want to leave Austin. I don't really like any of the other Texas cities, but the flights. So like I can go to the East coast in three hours or the West coast in three hours. And then between you have like Denver and the Floridas and stuff like that. So it allowed me kind of to fly anywhere within the day and hit the ground running when I got there. So it's pretty interesting, but we're looking at San Diego much for the reason that you, you described, which is a little bit slower paced. I've been running uh, super fast, the past decade. So it, it would be nice to kind of slow down and, and just get back on the beach and then also be able to drive out to the mountains. So it's awesome to hear that that's kind of like your lifestyle. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit jealous. If you, if you follow Clint on, on Instagram or his TikTok, like you're going to see sort of his lifestyle. And it's one of the, it's one of the things that I want to get back to more is like the earth and just enjoying my own health and helping other people. So with that, I'd love to kind of peel this back a little bit and understand more about what you do because Clint's like me, he does a million different things. And honestly, I've talked with him for a couple of years and I still don't fully understand what his day-to-day looks like and what he's actually up to. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of just dive into what does your day-to-day look like and kind of like what's your career, I guess, is a, is a great question to start with. And we, then we can dive into some side projects and other things that you work on. Totally. Yeah, so for myself... I've always been in the kind of the rehab space. Like I went into undergrad with a baseball scholarship and they were like, all right, you had to choose a specific major. And they said, oh, you probably shouldn't do this major. It might be too difficult with being in sports. Anyways, I did the major. I was like in labs at like 10 p.m., 11 at night, trying to make sure I go through the process. But that gave me the opportunity to be kind of where I'm at now. And uh, what I do right now is I do physical therapy. Um, and I'm also finishing my doctorate in physical therapy and I only have about a little less than a year left. So it's been 10 years of doing educational studies and research and all that on top of everything else I got going on. So I see patients, uh, daily throughout my week post-acute. So everyone who's just got released from the hospital, I see them actually in their house and it could be anyone from someone who just recently had a stroke to someone that just got in a motor vehicle accident. And I start the first three weeks of acute rehab with them. So I do that. And on top of that, my wife is a teacher. And then on those side projects as well, we have multiple online sources that we use. So we're always constantly in flux. So my day-to-day, I wake up, I'm usually either working out or surfing in the morning. And then I go see however many patients I have that day. And I it's based off of how many essentially new evals keep coming in as needing uh, rehab and, and physical therapy. So I see all those patients and it's all up to my time. So I work 100% for myself. And the company reaches out to me and says, hey, we have these two new evals. We need you to go see these people. So I go see them. So I'm 100% working for myself. And then that allows me to do a lot on every other end. That allows me to then kind of work more in the realm of doing online stuff, helping my wife do online stuff. We work really good together as a team, trying to uh, improve our real estate strategies. Long story short, we're just moving all the time. And I I, I believe uh, movement is medicine in not only life, but in in everything else 
within our life. So that's kind of my day to day. Did did that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I love it, man, because it sounds eerily similar to mine, just in a little different hemisphere, I guess. And people, they don't always understand. So for the, for the listeners out there, there is no right way. So Clint is obviously carving his own path. And what inspired you to even go into that type of career in the first place? So you talked a little bit about it, but there's so many, when you're talking about health and wellness, there's so many different areas that you could potentially get into. And I relate to you a lot on this front as well, where when I went to school, like they're like, you can't do soccer and engineering at the same time. I remember being at chem lab, everyone was going out on parties on Thursday night and I had to be at chem lab 8am on, on Fridays. Cause it's the only time they had this one particular engineering chem lab and all the other athletes got to just kick back and party and do whatever. But I was stuck waking up and taking a four hour chem lab. But what that, what it did, what it did for me is like now in today's day, I realized it created this discipline in me that you're able to kind of just cram more into a day and not cram in a bad sense. I actually wanted to do that. So you're a great example of that. But how did you even understand that like the health side is your pillar piece of helping people with their going at their home visits, going into their homes? How did that become your pillar piece? What, what was going through your mind when you're in college? Great question. Yeah. I always, I always felt like I needed to find something. Look, I know at the end of the day, I am not the person, right? I told you at the very beginning that my mom kicked me out of the house at 7am and then I wasn't able to come back till 7pm. So for the guy that's living that environment, there's absolutely no way he could sit behind a desk all day. There's just absolutely no way. And I've always been in this space. My grandfather was a strength and conditioning coach for like 35 years and he was a weightlifting coach for a high school. And my dad was in that space for a while and through just personal health complications, as far as like I had Tommy John surgery where I had to do a full year of rehab, it's kind of like the baseball players ACL. We can't throw a baseball unless we have that specific uh, ligament in our elbow. And I actually ruptured that. So I had to do a full year of rehab. And then through that process, I started really realizing like, Hey, what do I love to do? I love exercise. I love the aspects of physical and mental and where do these need to be implemented the most? And usually it's in our rehab community, you know, personal training has its own entities and it has like when you're, when people are dealing with weight loss and stuff, but I just felt like my gifts were more in the realm of rehabilitation and getting people from this place who just feel like they can't ever get back to then giving them a new vision. I I believe all of us as a community, as individuals, we inspire people to have a vision. We display a vision. And that's what brings ultimate success. And in rehab, it's no different. We go in with someone who's just had a motor vehicle accident. And they feel like their life is completely over. They could be a quadriplegic, whatever it may be, a stroke. But we can create a vision for them. We can let them know that there is success at the other side of the tunnel. And uh, I believe this this was kind of like a gift that I've always had. It required a ton of work via in undergrad. Like you were saying, I was doing weights at 5 a.m. with my team. And then I was doing labs at like 10 p.m. And like bio labs. I was with like all nursing and pre-med majors. And uh, that was the one thing and the reason why I didn't want to be go into MD. And there's nothing against that. I have so many friends that are um, doing MD and going into orthopedic uh, surgery and all that. But for myself, I just wanted to be able to do something that was not prescription heavy. My prescription is movement. Movement is medicine in my life. And I want to be able to display that for others. And there's so much behind it. 
Um, but that is really the ultimate reason why I chose that path. I love it. And you, you hit on two things right there, two keywords of kind of like you went through this pain yourself. So you, you know what's out there and where your gift fits because of the personal pain that you went through. And again, so relatable when I was in sports, like I was the, the tiny kid that couldn't even bench press two plates on each side. And what that did was it fueled me as I got into college. I was like, you know what, this is never going to happen again. And I started reading books on like how to fix quote unquote myself, not really fix, but make myself more efficient and more effective so I could play sports better. And what that turned in, out into is personal training later on down the line, because I realized how much weightlifting had impacted my life and I wanted to help other people do the same thing. So it sounds like you have the similar thing. And for other people out there, what I want you to kind of open your mind up to right now is like a lot of people are going through pain right now in this quarantine and your life is probably completely different than it was beforehand. And it, it might never get back to the normal as like people want it to, but think about kind of the things and the pain points that you've had over the course of your life and what gifts that you've either been given or you can give to the world, because that's, what's going to be the enlightening moment of like what you can potentially do moving forward to earn the freedom that Clint has. Because a lot of people are, are taking a step back and realizing, man, maybe I don't need to work 60 hours a week to 80 hours a week just to make a paycheck. Um, there's some other things I want to do with my life. And now's a great time to kind of self-reflect on that. But this is also a double-edged sword. And I've had to experience this in my own life. Has there ever been a time where you've bit off more than you can chew? So you're doing all these different things. But has there ever, ever been a time where it was like, damn, I need to scale back in this one area and then just go full force in another area? Or kind of you've always been really good at balancing things? Oh, dude, all the time. All the time. I bite off more than I can chew all the time. But at the same time, I truly have learned over the years what it really means um, to have priority within time and time constraints and understanding where my time should be invested most. And uh, I've always said and told myself was my time and my investment will always be within people. That's one. And two, my time and, and my personal journey, I will invest a lot more than me investing in anything else. So my family will always come first. My friends will always come first. And with that foundational pillar, my work-life balance will always be within itself a pretty good balance just because the fact that we're putting those pillars first. I think when everyone puts work first, which don't get me wrong, for us to be successful... We have to put work into some degree of first, but the work, putting it first doesn't mean waking up at 8 p.m., 8, uh, 8 a.m. and then going to bed at 8 p.m. It could mean you wake up a few hours earlier and you get stuff done before the family even wakes up, which gives you the opportunity to now spend as much time with them as possible. And then when they go to bed, you can get a few more hours in. There's ways to modify. And I think you could speak on this too, but as an athlete and going through an educational background that requires a ton of education. I mean, engineering is so impactful and so is going into pre-PT and then now into a doctorate of PT, right? Your time is money and your time is energy. So understanding when it's possible to say no and when you should jump on the next opportunity is crucial. And when your time constraints are, being able to essentially set out a foundation and modify accordingly will really help that balance. 
Man, 20 minutes into this episode, and I feel like you've given out so many golden nuggets. <laughs> um, we could literally end right here. I'm not going to do that because I'm so interested in where this conversation is going to go. But seriously, thank you for that wisdom. And to extract from that, anybody that's listening, what Clint is really talking about is like having a strong foundation of core values and realizing that your time is your most valuable resource. People think it's money. People think it's material items that they're the resources that they should be collecting. But really it's just time because at the blink of an eye, something could go wrong and you could become that paraplegic or even worse, you could die. So that's one of the things that I live by is really living in my own core values. And it's one of the things I teach most in the business side of things. And a lot of clients and customers and people I've talked to in the past are kind of shocked when we're not starting off with how do you make more money or how do you get more clients? It's always like, well, what are your core values? What's your mission? What objective are you on? Because there's going to be shitty days and there's going to be days where you feel overwhelmed and days where you bite off more than you can chew. But what allows you to kind of navigate those waters without um, getting bitten by that shark too badly is what core values do you stand by in every moment? And that's really where the core values allow you more so you hit the nail on the head with what to say no to. People think it's about what to say yes to or what to attract. And I, I believe it's more so what the hell do I want to say no to and what doesn't stand with me. So I've come across this just by looking at content and reading a ton of books over the years. But how did you build your own foundational principles? What, what did that look like for you? So actually, this all started obviously with sports and athletics. There's this level of demand that you have to kind of meet to be in a an environment of performance. And I feel like this comes with anything, business, family life, whatever. If we were trying to be the best we can be, we have to be able to have some set in stone rhythm that we give ourselves. And I, I think over the years, right, as we age, we gain more wisdom. And I think over the years, things become more possible when you start understanding that your time is 100% valued. Meaning you won't ever get that time back. Just like you said, our time is our most important gift. Where we spend that time, I look at time as currency or money. Wherever we spend that money or we spend that time, you know that you are investing in whatever you're doing for that specific segment. So how I always look as someone who is in a lot of different areas and a lot of different spaces, just like yourself, I take a step back and I always say, okay, where do I want to invest my time? And that allows me to then be the decider because quite frankly, a lot of people and a lot of happiness is removed when people lose the opportunity to decide for themselves. Now, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but I'm just saying for most of the population, I would go down and say that a lot of people, when their decisions are taken away from them, their level of happiness goes down because there's this degree of that they don't have the opportunity to, to say, okay, I want to do this instead of this. It's kind of like life is being chosen for them. So with that being said, I just highly encourage being able to understand that time should be the biggest essence of value. And I've just learned that over the years and, and being able to understand that, you know, when you're juggling sports and then family life and then school and then work life and you're juggling all these things, you got to really understand that what it means to spend your time wisely. And I believe that comes with anything, but it's never a one size fits all approach. Like we were talking about earlier, you wake up at seven and then you go to bed at 11. I'm waking up at like 530 and I go to bed at like 930, 10. 
So for me, my time spent a lot in the morning and in the afternoon, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm good to go. I'm going to go do stuff that I kind of want to do to just reinvest in myself. And that's where I want to spend my time. Where in the morning, I'm spending my time on a lot of people. So the same thing goes with anything in life. Think of time as money and time as your value. And where you put that value is 100% dependent on your decision-making. And if we can really start going into that mindset, a lot of people will start finding out, wow, I do, I do have a level of happiness or a gratefulness and gratitude and thankfulness that I've never experienced before because now I'm valuing what it means to actually have another day given to me. Now I'm valuing the, the fact that the next day is not granted, that the next day is given to me and I should be thankful for this present moment of time. And where do I want to spend that time? For me, I want to spend that time with family and friends. And then outside of that, I want to spend it with those who I'm working with and investing with and my career and all of these things. I got to know that my time is delegated towards these people and, and I have timeframes for these. And obviously it's not strict, but this is where we kind of have to get in that mindset. And this allows us to not feel so obligated to say no at times, because I think at the end of the day, people believe when you walk into a store and you're shopping, you're not buying everything off the rack. Same thing applies. You're making the decision of what looks good, what doesn't look good, and you're going to buy that. Your time is that exact same investment. Choose wisely on what you would like to participate in and use that towards your best advantage. Oh, love it. I think the overarching pillar of, of what you're saying is, Clint, you have a great sense of self-awareness of where you should be investing your time. And I think that's where potentially some of the listeners and other people that are quote unquote stuck right now in some ways is because they're not self-aware enough of what they actually want from their time. Because we're caught in this loop of when you go to school, you're getting pulled in so many different directions of you should become this, or you should be a doctor, you should be an engineer, or you should be whatever your parents or friends are fulfilling for you. And we never like really take a step back and be like, what the fuck do I actually want? Like, what do I want to become? And that's going to be dependent on your time. If you just want to be a surfer, like you're going to go surf more. Or if you want to have all these multi multifaceted projects that are going on, that's what you're going to invest your time into. And you're going to say no to everything else. But that takes a key level. Uh, the key to that is having a level of self-awareness that's above and beyond. So I want to dig into that. 100%. What, what made you so self-aware of like what you actually want? Because one of the biggest questions, I, I kid you not, I got this other night on Instagram was I mentioned how I'm turning 30 next year and that I read a book and it gave me a great quote. Well, someone DM me and was like, I just turned 25 and I still don't know what the hell I want. Um, I've been studying and been in school for a while. And my question to him, he thought I was going to give him advice, but I started asking him a bunch of questions. I was just like, <laughs> well, because he, he, he mentioned the word stuck. He literally was like, I'm stuck at school. And I said, you're not stuck anywhere. Like you're in America. Like you can make your choices. So you, totally. you're choosing this. Part of you is choosing to be there. 100%. So where did you learn to make this choice? Was it your parents? Was it your raised? Like sports? Like were you just innately somebody that made the choice and kind of went against the grain or was there a key moment in your life that you were kind of like, you know what, I'm going to go, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. Honestly, I would say it comes from so many different areas. One thing is I truly, I truly believe when people start really understanding what it means to respect life as a whole, they get a whole new perspective. 
I think oftentimes, like you're saying, if you're just on the go 24 seven, you don't have that time to kind of self-reflect and have that self-awareness. You don't really know where you're investing your time. And I think that becomes problematic with a lot of people is they just feel like they're beating to the drum and they don't have that decision. And a lot of self-reflection and self-awareness comes with just being able to think and have discussions within yourself and say, hey, what, where do my passions lay? Do my passions lay in a career that I'm in right now? Or do my passions, do I feel like I have a lot more to express in a different realm? And knowing that our life and our existence is so short in general, and maybe I'm cheating a little bit because I see people that are that have so many different kind of comorbidities and life challenges that for myself, I really see the big picture. And for other people, I, I want to challenge them to go talk to someone who is, I think the elderly are probably one of the most wisdom-filled people out there, and they've experienced a ton. And if you go ask any person who's like 60, 70, 80, they will tell you the exact same thing. And that is to enjoy life for what it's worth. And don't get caught up in all of the deadlines and and paths that you don't want to do because this life is short in a blink of an eye. They're 75 and they admit that all the time. And I think what we can do is we could take bits and pieces from this type of population and listening to our parents and then becoming more self-aware within ourselves and asking ourselves, what do we truly want to do? Right? A lot of us or a lot of people who feel stagnant within their daily life, they really haven't asked themselves the question or are struggling with the question of, what do I truly want to do? And I believe it's almost impossible to find the answer to that without doing. Actions will always speak louder than words. So when someone is struggling to say, I don't really know what I want to do, the answer I will always give is jump right in to as many things that you can do and say, I want to do a little internship of two weeks here. Maybe I want to go just do a a one-day stand-in with this specific dentist, or maybe I want to go do this. And now you're just, instead of thinking about ideas and not truly knowing through experience, now you're experiencing all these different little inlets of what it, what career paths could be. And actions will always provide value, meaning you will always get an answer through action. You won't always get an answer through just talking about what you want to do. There's so many people out there that jump into a career and say, oh, I love this career. They get in two weeks later and they go, okay, this is actually the wrong career for me. I mean, how many times have you heard that, right? And so at the at the blink of an eye, I want to really let people understand that self-awareness comes with taking a step back and slowing down that pace from time to time and really questioning yourself and saying, is this my passion? Is this something that I could see myself doing for the next 30 years? One third of our life is within our career and our work. Where are you going to find that passionate rep? Because at the end of the day, everyone has said it, but you will be the best you could possibly be in a setting that you are the most passionate in. There is absolutely no way you can find the max amount of motivation to be in a place that you are not passionate about. If I was going into accounting, I could tell you day two, my performance will be a lot lower than day one, just because that's not my scope of practice. But if you go into my realm of work, the accountant will probably say the same thing. 
So finding those pillars of passion and finding those pillars of what do I want to do really creates a realm and allows you the opportunity to decide and become self-aware because self-awareness comes through understanding what it truly means to make a decision for yourself. And a lot of people need to work on that. And that's kind of the building blocks of becoming self-aware is writing those things down or thinking to yourself and understanding what do I really want to do and investing your time and putting action towards those experiences to then narrow down those areas in those career paths. And then from there, now you get to decide. You get to be the person that brings the opportunity of saying, okay, I'm passionate in this realm. I'm going to go do that now. Oh, man. Freaking love this. And yeah, to me, to me, you can't, you just came full circle. So to me, self-awareness is making your own decisions and being cool with failing at your own decisions. And that's where I think a lot of people live in fear. And what they do is they choose other things. Like for instance, if you get a degree and you choose the degree that your parents or your friends or someone put on you, it's, it's less scary because if you do fail, it's like, oh, well, they told me to do that anyway. And I think a lot of people live in that. They don't want to make their own decisions, even when it comes to like, how many times have you been with friends and you're like, oh, we want to go out to eat. And it's just like, nobody wants to make the decision on where to eat if it's a new place, because if it turns out shitty, then the person that made the decision to go there in the first place gets flack. So even in, li- even in little scenarios like that, like people aren't self-aware enough to really step into, you know what, like I'm going to own every decision I make. And if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. If it's bad, it tells me more about what I need to be doing than actually if it's good. And that's where I wanted to wrap this section up with going back to like biting off more than you can chew. You gave a golden nugget there, which is action, action, action. Like you're going to learn more about what you should be doing in life by learning about what you don't like, not necessarily what you do like. And that's how you find your niche of like, I've had so many different jobs and worked on so many different projects. And Aaron gets flack for this as well, because they'll reach out to her and be like, what the hell is CJ doing? Because every time they see me on Instagram or social media, my website, like it's always something different. And that's because I'm trying to find that one thing that lights me up so much because I know that's what's going to bring me to that like expert level of life that I'm seeking. Um, And I may never get there. Most people never do. And that's what I'm striving for is just to continue to get better. And I think that also stems onto the fact of you're surrounding yourself with self-aware people. And I think someone out there that's younger, any listeners listening, stop waiting and take action on surrounding yourselves with other people that are in the position that you want to be in already. So like when I was back home on the East Coast, none of those people had the life that I wanted to live. Like they're living in the suburbs and they would go in and drink, go into the city on the weekends and drink. And I was like, this is not my next 40 years. Like there's so much more to life. Now I got to go find these people that are living this lifestyle. And Clint, you're one of those people that I found on Instagram and that's what connected us. And one of the things that I kind of want to end going towards the end of this conversation is learning more about like you're investing your time into the digital world and the digital space where that started, because a lot of people are fearful. If I put this out there, then somebody's going to say something, or if I do this, then it's not going to work. But you and you and I have kind of like over the years, just been trying a bunch of different things. And I know my motivation and discipline behind it, but I'd love to hear yours. What started like you creating an Instagram and what started body of youth? What does body of youth mean? And was it created on Instagram or was, did you have this idea before the digital world? Yeah. Great question. 
Just to ping pong off what you were saying as far as action, as we get started on this, I just want to remind everyone, my dad told me this at a really young age. And with failure, I think failure is a big thing for a lot of people. And a lot of people struggle to overcome failure. And like, I fail all the time. My wife fails all the time. We, we fail. We started so many projects. We're like, oh, ooh, that's, this ain't going to work out so well. And then uh, we just, we modify and we adapt. And one of the biggest things my pops told me at a young age was, son, in athletics or in your career, friendships, if you give 100% of your effort, you can never be mad at your failure because you've given it all out. You've left it all out on the table. And for me, that has resonated with me. That's what made me such a great athlete was I never really feared making an error because I played baseball, but making an error or making a mistake. Because if I'm giving 100%, I can live with that. And that's when failure becomes acceptable. When we know we're giving 100%, we're putting 100% of our efforts out on the table. And when we fail, it becomes easy to accept now. Now, failure is never easy to accept, but it becomes easier to harness knowing that, hey, look, I gave it all out on the table and this still happened. What can I do next time to then put my best step forward? And with Body of Youth and Instagram um, and the social media platforms, it was just another outlet that I could use to bring more awareness to my craft. And how I started Body of Youth was I just was thinking about it one day and I always thought, what is everyone striving for in this world? I was thinking about it and, and spent some time on it. And I said, you know, as we age and as we progress, everyone wants to become as youthful as possible or stay as youthful as possible. That's why everyone's either trying to focus on drinking plenty of water or exercising or their nutrition. And everyone's trying to essentially keep themselves as youthful as possible. And why I created Body of Youth was in the whole scope of being able to spread awareness and share and, and be able to transform this brand into something to bring everyone to the understanding that, look, we are only getting older, but yet we can still put our best step forward in trying to be as youthful as possible. And everyone out there can achieve their very own body of youth through becoming their best self, following their most passionate dreams, and putting time in places that they feel like would be the most value to them. And this is what keeps us young. This is what keeps us flourishing. This is what keeps us thriving, is being able to understand those concepts and those pillars. And that's kind of where Body Youth started. And then I started throwing it on social media with a huge emphasis in rehab because at the end of the day, I want my brand to grow in multiple areas, just like yourself. I'm not one-dimensional. Me and my wife like to be in a lot of different areas. We've just always prided ourselves on trying to put our best step forward and trying to be as in many grooves as possible and impacting as many lives as possible. And then that's how it started. And we've never given up since. And it's done really well for us. Awesome. And you're not going to believe this, but I love your talk about the effort. I have the words, effort disgraces no man on my chest. <laughs> Love I, it. I, sh I kid you not. And it was similar. It was from sports. I was always the kid that I was never the biggest, never the strongest. As I got older, started to become the fastest, but I wasn't always. And one of the things that I relied on, it was you weren't going to outwork me no matter what. There's, there's two things you can control in life. And I probably said this on multiple, multiple podcasts before, but it's your energy, the energy you bring to the world, and then your effort. 
are, can you in times of crisis remain joyous and happy? And you, can you continue to work hard in those times? If you can do that, everything that you want from life is going to come to fruition. And 100%. you're a great example of that. And I've never, I honestly, God, I didn't know what body of youth meant. And I'm so happy that you're on here right now to kind of explain it. It makes so much more sense. Now. Oh, yeah. And man, I need to fly you out here to Austin, Texas, because I got a couple side projects that, that we could be working on sidebar. But the one thing that I've been super inspired and motivated by you, and it's helped me with Thrive, is how you mentioned you're not one dimensional. You, you've changed over the years, and, and I've changed over the years, and you continue to kind of navigate the waters based on what you're presented with in that day. And you and Haley kind of started together, and Aaron and I started ours together, and then you kind of did the same thing where you're taking it, taking it over a little bit, and then I've taken it over a little bit. I know what it looks like for me. But for you, where is Body of Youth going? So explain to the audience kind of what, what your mission is today and where you want, what, what do you want it to become? Yeah, so we all know in the entrepreneurial space or any business space that it could take up to five years of branding, right? So one of the biggest things that I wanted to do was three or four years ago when I started it was to just start a platform and start a brand and get a name out there on the table that people can resonate with and relate with. And uh, that was the biggest principle for me was just starting the process. And then from there, my plan was to then um, create a platform where people feel like they, that they can be their truest and most natural self. And I can bring that into the rehabilitation space. I can bring that into a space if people want uh, personal training or want to go down that avenue. I can bring it in an outpatient setting. I can bring it into a hospital setting. Um, and I could start businesses and practices that way. So ultimately, my full scope is I, I definitely want to start branching out into uh, owning my own practices. But that starts from the ground up. So being able to have a strong uh, social media platform or just being able to have some traction with a brand and then people know that brand and can put a face to a name, that's always what I started with. And now as the years go on, I'm just modifying, I'm adding more tools to my toolbox. And then that's where once you have a brand and once you have a personal brand, that's when you can branch out to other things and start other entities. Because now everyone understands that face and they understand that product and they understand that name. So when you are now getting into like a wellness space or you're getting into the physical therapy space or you're getting into a personal training space, it all makes sense because it's been a huge umbrella from the start. So there's nothing that doesn't fit under it that fits within that scope, if that makes sense. Oh, hundred percent. And that's where like, man, I have thrive on foods, thrive on life, thrive on fit, like all these different accounts. And when, when you start, when I started it, obviously people are like, what the hell is this guy doing? But I read something interesting today in tools of Titans. And it talked about, it was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And when he was 20, he was the youngest Mr. Universe. And in the photos, Tim Ferriss mentions like, you, were the, you look so confident compared to everybody else. You looked like you knew you were going to win. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, like literally quote for quote was really, I, I didn't go into competition just to be in the competition. I went in to win. He's like, when I, when I set these goals, that's what gave me the discipline of like, I have to be a machine and go about doing these things in a certain way. And that's where like, when you create a brand like this platform that you're creating, it causes you to take actions that you might not necessarily have taken before. So anybody that's listening to this, just putting a name out there forces you to take action to live by the core values of whatever that name would be. So that's where like Thrive on Life, 
it was like, okay, well, what does thriving mean to me and to other people? I need to live in that way. And I need to be disciplined in this way because it's eventually going to lead me to that ultimate, like I enjoy the process and I hundred percent tell everybody, make sure you enjoy the process, but I'm also an athlete. I like winning trophies and like getting to the next level. And, and I enjoy doing that, but I'm always aware of the mission of overall, where you said the umbrella of Thrive On Life remains the same, no matter what entities or projects I get into. So I love how you kind of broke that down, but it's not always sunshines and rain, rainbows. And I think the most relatable we can get to the audience and to anybody listening is being self-aware enough to realize we struggle and that we have these struggles as well. Even though you're super high vibe, I'd love to kind of wrap this episode up with understanding where your struggles have lied in this journey so that other people can kind of relate to it, but still know that, man, Clint, you're crushing it, but you still have had bumps in the road and you just continue to go. What have those bumps looked like? Yeah, I, I think I love using this analogy at the start because this is like my whole scope within a nutshell. And have you ever used a power washer? I'm sure a lot of people have used a power washer in their life. But when you set it to the ultimate setting where it's just spitting out a very fine-tuned beam of water, and you put that over a piece of wood, and if you hold that for long enough, it will split the wood at some point in time. And that's called consistent pressure. And I'm a huge advocate for consistent pressure. And what that means is being at that level and capability to apply pressure every single day. And I always look at it as the opponent, just like you were athletes and competitive. But the opponent is, has nothing to do with people around you. The opponent is yourself and being able to supply that pressure. So just like anything, we all have our struggles of applying that amount of resistance and pressure every single day. There are some days where I'm like, oh, I just do not feel it today. But in the back of my mind, I know that if I let off the pressure at all, that that is a day wasted, and I will not get as far into chipping that piece of wood as I could have been if I just applied a little bit more pressure. And it's just like anything. It's going to the gym and doing three more reps, even though you were extremely tired, or going somewhere and saying, you know what, I am not going to have that cookie today because I feel like I'm going to put the pressure on that much more on myself. I'm bettering myself. And uh, I think that's a huge concept for people to understand. And yes, we're all are going to struggle with that. That's one of the biggest concepts of life is keeping that consistent pressure. But when you know and you can start identifying that pressure, putting pressure on something for a long, sustained period of time, you will get breakthroughs. And that's what I encourage people to do uh, here today. Awesome. So rolling off that, I love that. You're talking about like living in the moment, living in the day and realizing that basically you're attacking that day regardless of how you're feeling. So you're talking about this pressure and this consistent pressure. Has there been any, any times in your life where you've had to wake up and like really dig deep to, to apply that pressure? Maybe it's you move somewhere or you took on a project that necessarily wasn't going so well. What kind of can we relate to anybody else out there, like a specific instance in your life? Yeah, I, I think this is probably one of the best situations. But like when I got Tommy John surgery, where I was doing that year of rehab, this is like a great example. Anytime someone gets hurt, 
they take five steps backwards, right? You, yeah, your identity changes. You're a, 100%. Your identity changes through and through. You are not the exact same individual you were before the injury. But what this allows you to do is this gives you the opportunity to say, okay, what am I going to do next to become my best self down the road of a year of rehab? So I would say at the end of the day, looking at those things and looking at those counterpoints and understanding that we will get knocked down. We will have failures. I've had them all the time, um, whether it be starting doing a startup plan or a startup business that you're like, that didn't branch off as correctly as I thought. It's just about going back to the drawing board. It's just like getting knocked down five steps back in an injury and then saying, okay, where can I now modify and where can I adapt? And that happens to me all the time. But if we have, like I said, just to bring it full circle, if we have the mentality that we want to keep consistent pressure, no matter how far back we get pushed, we will always break through. That's awesome. And the pivotal point in my life was going into things with the understanding that I want it to be hard, like anything worthwhile, it's going to be hard. And like, that's one of the reasons that I went to engineering school was I knew that if I could do that and I could play sports and I could also be in a fraternity and do all these different things that like everything else in life, the pressure that I apply, I can do. It's just the building of the momentum of that pressure and understanding that like, it's going to be hard. And one of the things that I've been working on recently is what you were talking about living in the day. And just continually applying that pressure and making sure that you basically earn your keep for that day is that in the hard days, it's okay to not feel like this is the greatest thing ever. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. 100%. Is just like, look, I'm still going to give my all and this doesn't feel that great, but this emotion is going to go away. Like allowing my brain to just sit in that emotion and say to myself, you know what? This is just an off day, but that doesn't mean that I take off. That's kind of like what I live in now is like, it's an off day emotionally and how I'm feeling, but I'm not going to take off this day because I need this day to feel great tomorrow. And then you wake up, you get a good night's rest. And then you wake up and it's like, damn, I don't even remember why I was feeling that way the day before. But a lot of people, what they do is they live too much in that I feel off. So I'm going to take off and then taking off one day turns into two. And then you're building this negative momentum so valid. And then who knows where that's going to go. So man, this, this episode was jam packed. So valid, dude. <laughs> I can't wait to kind of hang out in person and, and catch up, but unfortunately you got to get towards wrapping up. So where can the audience find Mr. Clint Harwick at? It's literally body of youth on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. Same thing. Body of youth. And you can find me on my website, bodyofyouth.com. Pretty simple. If you just type it in, you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> Hell yeah. Branding on point. And I vouch for, for Clint. He's a great guy to reach out to. So if you heard anything from this episode that kind of spun your brain a little bit and you want to ask questions, please, please, please reach out to him. He's the type of guy that is going to put aside some time and, and help you out in whatever your endeavors are. So reach out to him at Body of Youth, type in Body of Youth, you're going to find him. And then we got six minutes because I don't know if this thing will end at an hour or not um, on Zencaster. It shouldn't, but I'd love to ask you if you can just go one minute into what's your moonshot, your moonshot goal. For me, it's writing books and traveling to do podcasts and speaking engagements. Like those are my moonshot things that 
I know I'm going to get to, but it's one of those things where I'm enjoying the journey right now. But what does that look like for you? My moonshot is to create and to be a solid impact with not only the physical therapy space as a whole, but within the wellness space, the medical space, my moonshot is being able to have a pretty large and massive impact and have a voice for anyone who feels like their voice hasn't been heard. And uh, that's kind of where my drive comes from. And that's where I want to bring my impact is I want to make sure every voice is heard, every voice is acknowledged, every pain is listened to. And that comes with creating a brand in an environment where people feel safe and people feel like they can bring their truest self. And sometimes we don't get that a lot in the medical space. There's a lot of turnover and, and oh, we just need to get the next patient rolling through. So at the end of the day, my biggest goal will be able to have a massive impact within all of those realms. Man, that's so powerful. And I, I feel for you in, in that aspect. Um, the healthcare is, is definitely something that needs to be pivoted a little bit. And that's what makes me so obsessed with the education system is I, I feel everyone deserves to be able to have some type of education. And the fact that colleges nowadays are so expensive and even getting into the healthcare side of things, so expensive. It's, it's awesome to hear that your impact is in that lane and my impact, I want to be more so on the broad educational, on a, a more broad global scale. Um, so I look forward to seeing you tackle that, that goal and that mission. And if there's any way that I can help or my audience can help along the way, please feel free to let us know. I'm super stoked to eventually meet you and Haley in person because I know it's going to happen at the of right course, time. Of course, dude. Of course. <laughs> Once we can get back on airplanes. But yeah, that'll happen. And I just, man, I really, really appreciate you. You're a super busy guy. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to hop on here. Is there any parting words? No, dude. Just thank you so much for bringing me on here. You're truly an inspiration to a lot of us. I know a lot of people come from the sidelines and tell and say, oh, hey, you've motivated me in this way, but just keep doing everything you're doing, CJ. There's a lot of people that are watching you and that look up to you in many ways that don't bring that to the surface. So just always keep that in mind, man. We're always rooting for you over here in the Hardwick Casa. Hell yeah. I love that. It gives me chills. And it's same boat. It's, it's one of those things where we are the average of the people that we hang around most. So I'm honored to have you in my corner and for everybody listening today man clint hit home on so many different things core values where to invest your time self-awareness respect living in the moment giving your all even when you don't feel like it there's so many golden nuggets from this one i highly recommend reaching out to him afterwards and picking his brain in some of these areas so until next time this is cj finley with the thrive on life podcast thrive on y'all